Okay, so I'm going to start the meeting. Uh, this is this topic of this workshop is relapse and recovery. My name is Beth. I am a compulsive overeater and the um, moderator for this workshop. The speakers are Shannon and Megan. We'll start the meeting with a serenity prayer. Um, I'll say it in English and then I'll ask um, Elizabeth to say it in French. So the serenity prayer. God, God grant me the serenity. Me the serenity. To accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will not mind be done. Elizabeth in French. Dieu, donnez-moi la serenité d'accepter les choses que je peux, de ne pas changer, de de courage de changer les choses que je peux, et la sagesse d'en connaître la différence. Merci. Uh, okay. Each speaker will have 20 minutes and then the floor will be open for two minute shares. The session is being interpreted. Uh, this one is being interpreted into French and the next speaker will be in French interpreted into English. If you require interpretation at this time, uh, go to the interpretation symbol at the bottom of your screen and choose French. Um, we will also have closed captioning available, I believe. Um, do we have that, Wayne? Sorry, can everybody mute themselves, please? I don't see the closed and, caption. Okay, so I guess I guess we won't. I and don't think can it the in this room? I think we, I don't think we could do it in this room before. Okay. And can the screen monitors uh, please make sure everybody's muted during the sharing and stuff? Um, okay. The, the audio, but not the video for this session is being recorded and will not be edited. It will be available online or as a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. By sharing, you consent to be recorded. Please do not share if you do not want to be recorded. Here's some in Zoom info. It says attendees are automatically muted. They are not. So you are responsible to mute yourself or the screen monitors will uh, mute you. We ask that you keep what you see and hear here confidential and that there be no recordings or screen captures. Please respect the anonymity of all who attend. Please stop your video if you're walking around or eating. We ask you to rename yourself to first name and last initial. Just realized I was talking fast. Um, feel free to add your state, province, or country. Also, please note that the chat is set to host only until the speakers are finished. Wayne, I guess you do that. So um, I think Shannon's already made arrangements for the timing. And coming here. Yes, yes. I don't believe this. Sorry, can can people be Myself. muted, please? 
Um, the Shannon's made arrangements for the timing. And remember, you're being interpreted into French, so please speak slowly. And our first speaker is Spanish, uh, sorry, is Shannon F. And so uh, looking forward to hearing Shannon. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, everybody, for showing up after dinner. My name is Shannon. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm zooming in today from Belleville, Ontario, Canada. It's a lovely evening here. It's a good place to be. So my job today is to tell you what it was like, what happened and what it's like today. And to uh, specifically talk about um, my relapse story. So I was born in Ottawa. I have one sibling and my parents were married their entire life. My parents loved me the best way that they could and they gave me everything that I needed. Not everything I wanted. As long as I can remember, I've had a strange relationship with food. Food danced in my mouth. I had this feeling of euphor euphoric feeling when I ate. Fireworks would go off in my brain when I had just the right food item. And every time that I ate, it was like the last time I was eating. My mother used to say that to me when I was a kid. Um, there was great joy at the beginning of a meal and tremendous sadness as the last few mouthfuls would disappear from the bowl. My happiness was as long as I was chewing and swallowing. As a kid, I had no form of income, so I was always scheming to get food. I stole food. I stole money to get food. One of my happiest memories as a kid was when my dad decided to become an owner of a convenience store. <laughs> oh joy, I had an endless supply. I was that kid that was super helpful in the kitchen whenever there was uh, events. I was always the one to volunteer to do the dishes and put away the food. Um, I never wore cute clothes as a teenager. They didn't have really nice plus size clothing stores. Uh, you know, I wore what fit and it was often itchy, scratchy uh, stuff that would catch on fire, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I can remember shopping with my mom as a kid it was a nightmare. You know, somebody would end up in tears. Sometimes both of us would end up in tears because I could never find anything that fit me. As a teenager, I didn't have normal uh, life experiences with boys. I did not date boys. I was always the friend. I had tremendous fear of chairs, especially chairs with arms on them because I didn't always fit. I could find myself on the very edge of a chair, just trying to look normal. I was scared of breaking chairs. If I fit in them, I might break it. I have a very vivid memory of, uh, before coming into the rooms, my last experience on a flight. I was getting very close to needing that extension. And it was oh so tight with those arms down beside me. I couldn't wait till we could put them up. I've had a hip replacement. 
I've lost my gallbladder. So hopefully you get the picture. I, I belong here. I know I belong here. So what happened? I found myself sitting on the edge of my bed, looking at my closet. I was busting out of a size 24. And then all of a sudden I found myself in the rooms of OA. I can't remember how I found the rooms, but I found them. So I came in to Overeaters Anonymous in 1995. I was 30 years old. And uh, my last uh, weighed, the last time I had stepped on a scale, I weighed 281 pounds. My current abstinent date is March 19th, 2017. So obviously there's relapse in my story. And I've released approximately 75 pounds and I continue to diligently work towards a healthy body weight. So my first relapse was because I decided to go it alone. There was a SARS outbreak in Ontario and our meeting was in a hospital and it shut down. So I took my books and I went home. I had been educated in a way. I knew, I knew what to do. So I went home. And um, the next few years were rough. Uh, the pain got so bad that I found myself driving to work one day, uh, thinking that if I drove into the, to the bridge, um, the pain would stop. And I had young children, so I couldn't do that. And I remembered Overeaters Anonymous, and I remembered that slogan, keep coming back. And I was terrified and I was ashamed, but I knew, I knew if I went back, I would be welcomed. And I, I was welcomed. And I even recognized some people, some people had hung around while I left. So I got abstinent again. It was pretty good, put the food down, had some physical recovery and my life got bigger. You know, I had more people in my life. I had more busyness in my life. And I met a man. And I was not equipped. Remember, I told you in my childhood, I didn't have those normal life experiences with boys. And as an adult, I got into a relationship with a boy. He was in another 12-step fellowship. So I had this beautiful romantic vision that we were going to go to meetings together. We were going to do step work and we were going to recover and it was going to be lovely. And there was some kind of loveliness, but it wasn't what I had imagined. And so what slowly started happening was I stopped doing what had kept me well when I first came in. And I stopped going to meetings. And it's a very common path to relapse is we stop going to meetings. And the relationship was not easy. Right, you start a relationship and it's you know pink clouds, but then the regular day to day stuff comes in, and then you got to work on it. I wasn't equipped, I had no idea how to navigate a relationship, and so um, it got really painful. And because I had no meetings that I was going to, I had no connection to people in the program. I quickly got back into that old thinking. And then one day, the idea of food became an idea that I could ponder. 
and I had no defense against it. So I gave in. And I still remember that first bite. I'm crouched down, hiding, got my hand in a box of something, and I was off to the races. And that started a four year of repeated relapse and recovery and relapse and back in. I, I didn't bring it today, but I have a jar that is full of begin again tokens. I got a lot of those silver ones. I used to have a lot of shame about that jar, but today it sits on my kitchen counter so that I remember who I am. Because every time I took a token was the day I decided to be honest again. So I repeated that four, that, that four year of relapse, I repeated that addiction cycle that we might all be familiar with, right? It starts with that thought, just one, I'll just have one, just this time. And then I have the one and then the craving, right? I've put it in my mouth and I've activated that craving and it keeps swirling around in my mind. Then goes the binging. After the binging goes the remorse and the regret, then the resolutions and the promises. And then I start having feelings again and I'm uncomfortable again. And then that memory of food being the solution pops into my mind again. And then the obsession begins and then the big lie, I can have just one. And then we keep going. The miracle was, for some reason I stayed in the rooms. Even though I wasn't maintaining a connection with my higher power, my higher power never left me and got my butt into meetings three times a week. Because the only way that I could hear something was being in the rooms. So in 2017, I went to our yearly, um, our intergroup put, put on a yearly retreat and I went in 2017 and the retreat leader shows up in the room and I'm like, oh, great. It was a man. He had gray hair. Came from another country. I was like, I had already decided I wasn't going to hear anything that I could relate to. He didn't look anything like me. How could he know me? But there was that little message inside my head that said, listen, just listen, right? You paid to be here. Why not listen? So although he didn't look like me, he talked like me. And he had a very similar story to mine. And he talked about turning resistance into cooperation. He talked about the idea that freedom isn't free. He talked about freedom isn't free so much that I thought he coined the phrase. He didn't. It's in, uh, it's in the for today on November 2nd is the title of that reading. Read it. It's really good. It talks about, you know, giving up the joy of the food as much as giving up the pain of the food. So I heard all kinds of wonderful stuff on that weekend and I made a decision that I was going to give this a go again. So I read that November 2nd repeatedly, and it has quite a few good messages for me to remember. It talks about abstinence no matter what, no matter what. So what am I going to do differently when that glow wears off, when the food calls? It's going to call again. I have a plenty of evidence that the food is going to call. I can ride that pink cloud for only a short period of time. So it's the action parts of the steps I learned. That's what was going to keep me abstinent. I had to take action. I had to trust God. 
I had to trust God and not pick up and get moving. I had to agree that I am powerless and I had to set myself up accordingly. I have to shop. I have to not have food in my house. I cannot have my alcoholic foods in my house. I don't play around in areas of the grocery store that I don't belong in. I bring people with me if I'm feeling weak. I tell on myself. I have to out myself. I have to remember that till the day I die, I'm a compulsive overeater. I had to take care of my spiritual condition. Uh, step three, I make a decision to turn my will in my life. I make a decision to turn my thoughts and my actions over to my higher power. I decide to cooperate. I do the steps. I, I did step 11. I did some praying. I'm a good Catholic girl. I know how to pray, but meditation was not going to be for me. It's good for you, but it doesn't work for me. So I had to learn to sit. I had to learn to sit in quiet time. By sitting in quiet time, I got to see how uncomfortable I can be. By sitting in quiet time, I practiced breathing, which would come in handy. I'm a breath holder, I discovered. When I get scared, I hold my breath. When I get nervous, I hold my breath. Today, when I get hooked into something, I breathe. Why do I breathe? Because I sat in stillness and I learned how to breathe. Sitting in quiet time helped me to practice slowing down. When I slow down, I uh, more often than not avoid saying the wrong things. I'm not so quick to make my mouth go off. By sitting in quiet time, I learn to reflect upon myself and see my actions um, with less judgment than I had in the past. I learn compassion for others as I watch my thoughts go around in my head. I learn to have compassion for other people. Funny enough, sitting in quiet time helped me become a better driver. I used to be like, on your butt, you're never going fast enough, or I'm screaming at you because you're on my butt. I'm more calm of a driver today. I will get there. I also have learned to leave earlier, so I don't have to rush so much. So that's step 11, that sitting in quiet time. I also review my day at the end of the day. I get to see the patterns of my thinking. It helps me to notice the things that I need to celebrate as well, right? I get to see my progress. I get to see where I'm doing things better than I did yesterday. I get to see the change. Uh, to prevent relapse, I had to practice the 12 steps in all my affairs. You know, it says strenuous work with another compulsive eater will get me well. It keeps me well. I need to help you to help me stay well. I also need the repetition of going through those steps multiple times, right? Repetition is the only form of permanence. I have a very forgetful mind. And then you're at five minutes. Thank you. I forget what it was like on my last binge by going through the steps with other people and especially with newcomers, I get a refresher on what it was like. 
I need to get out of my head to be useful to others. You know, enough navel gazing already. If I look outwards, I don't get caught up in all my stinking thinking. And when I'm working with others, I get to think about solutions, right? There's solutions that I share with you for you to do, but I need to do them too. My and I had a sponsor that would tell me, you know, what I focus on grows. So if I focus on recovery, if I focus on the solution, I will continue to think about the solution and I will continue to think about recovery. Today, I take responsibility for keeping OA alive. That prevents me from relapsing. If OA is not here, I'm sure to relapse. If there's nobody showing up at meetings for me to be with, I'm sure to relapse because that's what happened, right? I went, I took off, I went, did this on my own. I didn't last long on my own. I was complaining to somebody that uh, nobody shows up early at our meeting. And they said, do you show up early at your meeting? So I started showing up early at my meeting. And then sometimes other people join me and they show up early and we have great conversations. I can be a great example of, you know, if not me, then who, you know, I was that kid in high school that I would, you know, in group projects, I would let everybody else do the work and I would just kind of ride on their coattails. Not today. I have to take responsibility to keep this fellowship alive. It is the source of all my blessings after all. I took service uh, is not optional very seriously. I heard that from that retreat leader. You know, I have to put it out there. And it might have been the key to getting me abstinent again, because although I was still in the food, I was giving service. I was hanging around with you all. And every once in a while, you'll say things that I need to hear. That's why I need to hang around with you. Service also comes in the form of, you know, paying my way. Right? I put money in. Am I putting enough money in? I didn't have a problem spending money when it came to food. So I can certainly give it back to the Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. So in relapse, what did I learn in relapse? I learned that I have no defense against this disease. I have none because I'm that person with those tattered books and two minutes. Thank you. Lots of highlights and lots of underlined. Being learned in this program is not what kept me abstinent. I learned that I'm powerless over the first bite. If I can stay away from that first bite, I can be okay. So what's it like today? So I fit in the same clothes this year as I did last year. I just started taking out my hoodies because it's pretty cold up here and they fit and I think they might even be a little looser. I didn't have that COVID weight gain that everybody talked about. I've had a million spiritual awakenings. I didn't know I was having them until I read that second appendix in the big book. And now I realize that my changes of character are spiritual awakenings. So my spiritual awakenings are food will make nothing better. My dad died. And eating was not going to bring him back. One minute. I'm absolutely powerless over food, but I'm not helpless. There are things I can do. And that I grew the most when I, when I went through hard times. I was able to support uh, both of my children 
have come out to me. My eldest came out to me as non-binary. And then not long after that, my youngest came out as trans female. I would not know, I've known what to do with that. But because I was abstinent, I could love them through this. And I can ask questions and I can learn. And we have a relationship and they have a safe place with me. I would not have been able to do that if I was in the food. I'm forever grateful for the people that keep showing up to Overeaters Anonymous. I'm forever grateful for the people that write the literature, create the pamphlets, put on conventions, and for the endless, endless hours that I've spent on the phone with sponsors and OA fellows. I can't do this deal alone. So I'm glad to see so many people here. And thank you very much for letting me share my story. Thank you so much, Shannon. Quite moved by your story. Um, our next speaker will be uh, Megan and Elizabeth will be translating. Okay, uh, everyone. So Megan will be speaking in French and Elizabeth will be translating from French to English so that if you speak English and want to listen in English, you need to go to the uh, little world symbol at the bottom of your screen and click on interpretation and then click on English. And uh, Megan, have you and Elizabeth clarified when you want your announcements or notifications? Oh, um, maybe 10 minutes, five minutes and one minute. Okay. Oh, sorry. You and Lisa. Thank you. Yes, thank okay. you. Okay. So now we'll hear from Megan. Thank you so much, Megan. Donc, je voudrais, uh, bonjour, je m'appelle Megan. Uh, je voudrais commencer um, en disant à uh, Shannon, merci beaucoup. Votre partage était extraordinaire. Um, oui. Et je peux identifier beaucoup. Um, donc, je m'appelle Megan. Je, je suis une autre mangeuse compulsive anorexique. Uh, je viens de Ottawa, en Ontario. Je suis très contente d'être parmi vous ce soir. Uh, C'est la première fois que je raconte mon histoire en français. Il faut que je vous dise que je suis très nerveuse. <laughs> Donc, merci d'avance pour votre gentillesse. Uh, mais le fait d'être invitée à vous faire part de mon expérience, c'était un signe de ma puissance supérieure. Lorsque l'ordinatrice m'a demandé si je me sentais à l'aise de parler en français, c'était levé de mon examen de pensée orale qui était repris pour un euh, nouveau travail. Elle ne savait pas que j'étais en train de faire une formation linguistique. Euh, J'ai vu quand elle me l'a demandé. Um, parce que ça, c'est comment mon Dieu travaille dans ma vie. Donc, en cinq minutes, je vais raconter mon histoire dans OA, y compris mes rechutes. Je connais le mouvement de OA depuis 2001, alors que j'avais 19 ans. En termes de statistiques, mon poids s'est situé à 93 livres et mon poids le plus élevé à environ 155. Je suis passé de mon poids le plus bas à mon poids le plus haut en cinq mois. Lors de ma phase anorexique, euh, j'étais obsédée par la calorie, l'exercice, mon corps, ce que j'avais mangé levé. Ce que je prévoyais manger le lendemain pour contrebalancer le veille, euh, ma vie était très, très petite et elle était, elle était remplie de règles concernant le goût. Quand j'ai commencé à manger, 
c'était comme si j'avais appuyé sur le bouton commencer et que je ne pouvais plus m'arrêter. Quand je suis arrivée à OA, euh, J'étais un anorexique qui venait de passer à la frénésie alimentaire. Je pensais, je pensais que j'étais le seul anorexique qui était devenu autrement juste et je me sentais comme un raté absolu. Ça, c'est une des raisons pour lesquelles je me qualifie d'autrement juste de et d'anorexique, parce que je ne veux pas que les autres se sentent seuls. Je me sentais très différente de ceux qui étaient dans la salle de OA. Euh, je suis fait partie faire plus de recherches <rire> pendant que ma maladie progressait et je, et je prenais du poids. Puis je suis revenue à OA et j'ai essayé quelques réunions différentes où j'ai finalement entendu mon histoire. Ma première année euh, dans OA a été difficile, mais j'ai touché un bâton après l'autre. Dans mon expérience, j'ai appliqué le même principe de OA quand j'avais difficulté de trouver, de trouver mon abstinence et quand j'ai vécu une chute. Ce qui est important, c'est que je sois revenue. J'ai travaillé avec une marraine, j'ai assisté à de nombreuses réunions de OA toutes les semaines, j'ai fait les étapes et j'ai fait des services, et j'étais prête à aller jusqu'au bout. Cependant, ma maladie s'est arrivée. Auparavant, je n'étais pas bulimique, mais à un moment donné, euh, j'ai commencé à me faire venir. J'ai continué à essayer de contrôler ma bouffe et mon poids, mais j'ai perdu toute ma triste de moi. Euh, je prenais encore plus de poids et j'ai perdu espoir. Euh, j'ai pensé souvent à me suicider, mais le membre de OA m'a dit de ne pas partir cinq minutes avant que le miracle ne se produise. Après avoir appelé ma marraine et lui avoir dit que je m'étais fait venir à 10 heures du matin euh, sur un chantier de construction, elle m'a dit de continuer à faire ce que je faisais parce que je travaillais mon programme très fort. Donc, j'ai continué à être honnête aux réunions. Je suis allée très souvent. <rire> j'ai fait plusieurs appels aux membres. J'ai appelé ma marraine chaque jour et j'ai travaillé les étapes. Comme le gros livre dit, si vous avez décidé que vous voulez ce que nous avons et que vous voulez tout faire pour l'obtenir, alors vous êtes prête à prendre certaines mesures. Moi, je voulais tout faire pour devenir abstinente et je devais croire que ça arriverait. Je suis finalement devenue abstinente. Uh, 18 mois après mon arrivée à OA, j'étais en train de faire ma quatrième étape au moment où j'ai pris part à une fin de semaine intensive ou une retraite, juste comme Shannon, <rire> sur la trois uh, premières étapes. Et alors, un miracle s'est produit après des mois et des mois et des mois de rechute. Uh, je suis finalement devenue abstinente. Peut-être étaient-ce les bienfaits de la retraite ou simplement la combination de beaucoup de travail. Ou peut-être c'était le moment que Dieu jugeait opportun pour moi. Lors de la fin de semaine, le leader nous avait demandé si la volonté de votre puissance supérieure était que vous passiez 300 livres, cela vous conviendrait-il? Et pour la première fois, j'ai pu dire oui. J'ai finalement abandonné le contrôle de mon poids et, mon, euh, et je m'en suis remise à mon Dieu. Pour moi, cela représente une partie importante de la troisième étape. 
Cette retraite-là a marqué le début de ma première longue période d'abstinence. Je suis déménagée ensuite à l'autre bout du pays. Uh, j'ai grandi à Vancouver. Uh, puis j'ai commencé ma maîtrise dans une autre ville, uh, loin de chez moi, où elle m'a accueillie dans les deux endroits. Et je voulais dire bonjour à mes amis à Québec. Uh, C'était où j'ai étudié le français. Um, par contre, je suis abstinente depuis 2006 et non pas 2003 parce que j'ai vécu encore quelques rechutes. En décembre prochain, avec l'aide de ma puissance supérieure, je fêterai 15 ans d'abstinence que je définis comme étant l'absence de tout comportement, les brasses élémentaires et les vomissements. Ma dernière rechute a duré 4 heures. Ce n'est pas très long, mais j'ai quand même perdu le choix de me faire venir. Quelqu'un m'a dit que si je ne me souviens pas de ma dernière prise, c'est que je ne l'ai pas encore vu. Je me souviens très bien cette soirée et je vais en reparler davantage dans une minute. Au cours des 15 dernières années, ma vie s'est agrandie. Je me suis mariée et miraculeusement, grâce à OA, je suis toujours mariée. J'ai voyagé beaucoup dans les pays étrangers, seul ou avec mon mari. J'ai eu des enfants et j'ai poursuivi une belle carrière. C'est une vie qui ne me semblait pas du tout possible lorsque je suis arrivée à Oa. Les cinq dernières années ont été les plus difficiles pour moi. Mon fils a eu des problèmes de santé qui se poursuivent toujours. J'ai soutenu mon conjoint de sa famille lorsque le décès de son père et la découverte d'une maladie héréditaire. Uh, J'ai souffert l'épuisement professionnel. J'ai subi uh, une commotion cérébrale grave. Et récemment, j'ai traversé un demi avec deux jeunes garçons. Uh, je suis demeurée abstinente. Bien que sincèrement, je crois souvent que mon abstinente et comment je, je travaille mon programme, c'est uh, pas suffisant. En plus, ma programme semble très différente maintenant. Par exemple, je ne suis pas plus en mesure, euh, mesure d'aller à six réunions par semaine, mais j'ai une bonne relation avec une puissance supérieure et des camarades estimables qui m'ont aidé à surmonter des moments difficiles. Et je vis, de lui, je vis dans les nuances les plus prises au lieu de noir et blanc. Je ne fais plus des brosses élémentaires juste parce que j'ai mangé quelques bouchées de trop ou fait un mauvais choix élémentaire. Je suis honnête avec ma, avec ma marine, je me pardonne et j'avance en agissant au meilleur de mes connaissances. En général, je passe pour une personne normale en ce qui est prête à la nourriture. Yeah, ça, c'est un miracle pour moi. Euh, donc, on m'a proposé quelques pistes de réflexion sur le sujet de rechute. Euh, J'en ai choisi quelques-uns. Donc, faire une rechute n'est pas obligatoire. C'est évident. Euh, mais selon mon expérience, cela a fait partie de mon cheminement. Et c'est pourquoi je travaille avec ma marine aujourd'hui. En décembre, cela fera 15 ans que nous, avons, euh, que nous travaillons ensemble. Au moment de ma dernière rechute, ma marine de l'époque, ne me convenait pas. Euh, ma rechute a été un brevet. J'ai compris que j'avais besoin de travailler avec quelqu'un d'autre et faire les choses différemment. Depuis ma rechute, j'ai pris l'habitude d'envoyer chaque jour ce que je mange à ma marine, ainsi qu'une liste de gratitude et on travaille les étapes ensemble. Comme je l'ai dit, selon moi, le principe à appliquer lors d'une rechute sont les mêmes 
que ceux que j'ai pris lorsque j'étais une nouvelle venue et que je tentais de devenir abstinente au début. Ne jamais abandonner le mouvement, appeler ma marraine, avoir une marraine, <rire> aller aux réunions, uh, appeler les autres, rendre service. Two minutes. Thanks. Être honnête, continuer à travailler les étapes. Grâce à ma dernière rechute, j'ai appris que j'ai besoin d'un plan avant de prendre part à une fête ou à une célébration. Le soir de ma dernière rechute, j'ai prenais part à une fête de Noël et j'ai commencé à manger quelques desserts. Le dessert n'était pas dans une assiette et j'ai paniqué lorsque je me suis rendu compte que je ne savais, savais pas combien j'en avais mangé. J'ai quitté la fête brusquement et je suis allée me faire vomir dans une buisson sur une voie publique. Je n'avais pas le choix, c'était un réflexe. À mes yeux, cela illustre la progression de ma maladie. Depuis, quand je vais à une fête, je fais un plan avec ma marraine ou un autre membre d'avance. Le plus souvent, cela signifie que je ne mangerai qu'une seule assiette au souper et qu'une seule portion de dessert. Puis, quand j'ai terminé mon repas, je lui envoie un, un texto. Au sujet de comment j'ai trouvé le chemin de retour, en fait, je ne suis jamais partie. Et j'ai eu tellement de chance que ma rechute soit courte. Je connais plusieurs membres dont la rechute en durée des années. Là aussi, c'est le même principe qui s'applique lorsque j'étais nouvelle venue dans le Je suis allée à une réunion le lendemain matin et j'ai raconté mon expérience de la veille. De plus, je me suis concentrée sur mon programme. Maintenant, je vais parler de la question Quels sont mes signes avant cours de rechute j'ai retrouvé cette année particulièrement difficile. Euh, J'étais très occupée au bureau. Mes enfants ne pouvaient pas aller à l'école à cause de la pandémie. Ils avaient euh, 5 et 7 ans. Euh, et j'ai eu des difficultés de santé à cause du stress. Ma marraine n'était plus disponible à cause de ses propres défis. Donc, j'ai travaillé avec une marraine temporaire. J'ai dû arrêter d'être marraine pendant un certain temps parce que je n'avais plus rien à donner. J'ai passé quelques mois très difficiles et franchement effrayants. Cet été, j'ai commencé à me sentir mieux, mais j'avais le sentiment d'être loin du programme. Mes filles n'étaient pas très actives. L'une d'entre elles, dont j'étais proche, a quitté le programme. Je me concentrais davantage sur mon poids, mon corps et l'exercice, plutôt que sur ma vie spirituelle. Je mangeais plus de dessert qu'auparavant, même si j'étais toujours abstinente, et je me sentais désarrimée. C'était le signe avant-coureur de mes chutes pour moi. Et j'ai reconnu ce signe, donc j'en ai parlé à ma marraine, et lui a dit que j'avais besoin de recommencer à être une marraine plus active en gardant l'équilibre avec ma famille. J'ai commencé à faire plus d'appels, à faire plus de travail des étapes et des étapes. Et puis, euh, Karen, l'organisatrice, m'a appelé pour me demander de faire des services aujourd'hui. Euh, je suis contente d'être ici parce que je suis certaine que ma maladie est toujours là et attend sa chance de prendre la relève. Quand j'étais nouvelle, je me souviens avoir entendu les gens dire que je n'avais pas encore fait telle ou telle chose dans ma maladie. En anglais, I haven't done that yet. 
Je suis certaine que ma maladie peut encore atteindre des niveaux profondeurs et encore quelques tours de son sac. Et comme les membres de longue date m'ont dit, il est beaucoup plus facile de demeurer abstinente que de le revenir. Que de le redevenir. J'ai eu de la chance lors de ma dernière rechute, mais il n'y a aucune garantie que je puisse redevenir abstinente si je perds à nouveau la tête. C'est facile pour moi d'oublier. Si j'oublie, je suis très susceptible de faire une rechute. En dernier lieu, je vais parler de comment puis-je prévenir les rechutes. Ma première marraine m'a dit qu'elle avait perdu son abstinence lorsqu'elle avait cessé de parler au nouveau venu. Avec la pandémie et la vie, euh, ce n'est pas facile pour moi de parler avec les nouveaux membres. Mais en préparant pour l'atelier aujourd'hui, je me suis rendu compte que mon programme souffre quand je ne suis pas en contact avec ceux qui souffrent à cause de l'ego parce que je pourrais facilement oublier la douleur de la maladie. Donc, je suis devenue plus ouverte aux occasions de travailler avec le nouveau membre et les occasions se sont présentées immédiatement. Une fois de plus... Five minutes. Merci. Une fois de plus, mon Dieu travaille dans ma vie. De plus, je dois continuer à aller aux réunions, même si je ne veux pas, parce que je dois entendre le message et aussi la solution. Lorsque je suis livrée à moi-même, j'oublie qu'il existe une puissance supérieure dans ma vie et que ce n'est pas moi qui est en charge. Je suis reconnaissante d'avoir reçu ce rappel en préparant ce texte aujourd'hui. Donc, je vais finir. J'espère que mon partage aurait été utile à quelqu'un ce soir. Merci de m'avoir, je m'excuse, merci de m'avoir écouté. Je serai contente de partager mes coordonnées. Thank you very much, Megan. Um, I I really appreciate it. I'm so Merci I so appreciate it. I hmm. Hmm? I so appreciate that you um got to speak in French. Et Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have some things to read. Thank you again, Megan. Thank you, Shannon. Uh, merci, Megan. Merci, Shannon. Okay, so it doesn't sound like Louise is in the interpretation room. Um, Est-ce que tu m'entends maintenant? Je pense que tout le monde t'entend. Oui? Oui, on t'entend tout. OK. Uh, OK. Je suis okay. là. Can we let Wayne, um, Wayne figure out what he's doing, please? Wayne, do you need help or are you talking to somebody that's helping? You're muted. We should, be, we should, we should, all, we should be all set now. Check it, okay. Check it. So, Louise. Okay, can you? Um, 
Beth? I can hear Louise, so that means it's not working. Ah, Est-ce que les gens m'entendent en français? Okay. Oui, on t'entend encore. Oui? OK. Non, tout le monde t'entend. Ah, moi, j'ai eu un message. You have been assigned ah, okay. an interpreter. Uh, pour les questions-réponses, je pense que questions-réponses maintenant. Ça? So, Wayne just has to get it set up. Est-ce que je peux me permettre de remercier les deux euh, conférencières? Ils étaient formidables, Shannon et. And translating French to English as we're setting up the interpretation, Louise is just thanking our speakers. Thank you. Is it working now? Is it everybody right now? Louise, can you uh, go ahead? Okay, then it's working. Thank you so much. Um, so I want to thank the speakers. And then before we open the meeting for two-minute shares, uh, I need to ask the host to make sure that the chat is open. I believe that it is. And uh, we'll now open the floor for two-minute chairs, shares. The chat is now open for uh, congratulatory messages. To share, please use the raise hand function found in reactions. If you need help, you can chat to a host. If you are calling in on a phone, please press star nine. The moderator, that's me, will call on you. When it's your turn to speak, you will see a prompt on your screen asking you to unmute. Please select unmute to speak. The timer will signal when your time is up. And please say where you are from and how long you've been in OA. Uh, a reminder, our traditions state that OA has no opinion on outside issues. Some examples of outside issues are politics, religion, diets, treatment programs, non-OA approved literature and other 12-step fellowships. Therefore, please base your sharing on your OA experience and do not include outside issues. Please stick to the topic of this meeting. For those who arrived late, the topic of this workshop is relapse and recovery. And the meeting is now open for sharing. Uh, Claire is... Your hand's the first I see I, up. I believe at this point, the French um, language speakers are, are not. Um, so I believe someone was having a problem with inter interpretation. Can someone read the chat, the French chat monitor? Someone so was I just problem with interpretation. looked at it. It's um, uh, she's speaking under the, the English channel. Not you. No, you're doing just fine. There, it's the, it's, um, the setup. I'm not but sure how it's set yeah, up. She there says, is a problem. It's what Elizabeth said what, is what? that Louise is speaking into the English channel. So Louise needs to be changed. When I am on English now, I can't hear Beth. Okay. Okay. So I got to switch the two of them back. Well, so. Excuse me. I, I found when I turned it off, that I don't hear Louise anymore when I went back to the original. Yeah, I setup. guess you should just ask if people are hearing properly, maybe that's all. Uh, I just switched it over to original and I don't hear any more French. Okay, so what we need to know is if the French speakers are hearing French when they click on French. 
Can somebody let us know? Yes. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, okay. So. Uh, Are we okay? I think so. Uh, Tina, your hand is raised for a two-minute share. Hi, I'm Tina, compulsive overeater from Michigan. I've been in the program since February 1st of this year. I have released 80 pounds, but I did have a relapse last night. And uh, I really understand the first time the compulsion of the body and the um, twist of the mind. I, I got it because 24 hours later after I ate my food that I binged on yesterday, uh, which was a measured binge, but I binged, I shouldn't have had it. Um, I went looking for that food again. And I'm in, in a, a place where um, I, I live in a nursing home, okay? So I went actually looking for those fat food that I ate last night or yesterday. And I would have taken it in if it was if I would have found it in somebody's office, even if there was no one in there without asking. So I would have stole to get my food. And that just it didn't even dawn on me till about a half hour after the commotion that I had done. So the, the disease is just just ugly and rearing its head and I really got a full taste of it. And I, I don't have any questions, but I want to thank both of the speakers for what they said because I can relate to it. And um, they've, they've helped me with just realizing that um, not to take the first bite. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much for your sharing, Tina. Uh, Mary. Hi. I'm Mary, and thank you so much to the speakers. I really appreciated your honesty. Merci. Um, so I joined OA in 2004. I'm from Ontario, and um, I left in 2017, and I was just in a serious relapse, and I was felt very demoralized. And there's a page in the big book. And it says there are some, a few unfortunates who will not get the program. Who knows what Bill Wilson meant when he wrote that? Like he was probably just discouraged or something. But, you know, I took that as I guess I'm just one of those poor people who I just will never get this program. And I walked away. But guess what? <laughs> You know, there's an initial relief there. There is when you kind of first pick up the food again and you like, it's kind of like, oh, well, screw it. And you just, you know, eat whatever you want. But then the misery comes and oh my goodness, the misery is just pretty bad. And so I'm coming back with my tail between my legs. I don't know how you translate that into French, but I hope it goes right. Um, Anyway, um, it's just so good to be here. And I'm just so glad that I'm here this weekend. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mary. Uh, does anybody else have a question? I mean, a question or sharing. This is time for sharing. Um, Kim? 
Hello, is uh, the interpretation still on if I share in French? Everybody would have to switch. No, actually. Okay, it's... I'll go I'll go in English. Then uh, my name is Kim, I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm also a relapse survivor. And it says in our method that those who doesn't recover are those who, who I say it in French, who uh, are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. And who can't or were incapable of. Uh, I don't know the words in English, but uh, I came to realize that I, I was not able to because I didn't have the quality of my uh, spiritual awakening was not good enough uh, to recover when I relapsed. So that's when I realized that the solution was really in the 12th step, not on my scale. So uh, that's what I had to share. And I wanted to thank both um, the, the two persons who shared uh, their experience with us, especially Megan. I know it's not easy to share when it's not your first language. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing in French. Um, so I'll pass, thank you. Thank you, Kim. More shares? Do people know how to raise their hands down at under reactions at the bottom of the screen? Click on reactions, then it says raise hand. Unfortunately, with so many screens, if you're waving your hand, it, it's not possible for us to see. Hi, Charlene. Go ahead and unmute. Hi, I'm Charlene, compulsive eater and relapse survivor. Uh, I've been in program, I attended my first meeting 41 years ago, and I had one year of wonderful pink cloud abstinence before I realized that uh, it wasn't me doing it. Well, I mean, I thought it was me doing it all. And I immediately went into a relapse after that first year that lasted eight years. And after having lost 50 pounds the first year, I gained 90 back. So it just told me that this disease is progressive. I am afraid, you know, if I ever went into another relapse, and I have been abstinent now for uh, 32 years, and if I ever go back into another relapse, I'm afraid that I would top the scales at probably 400 pounds because it, it just adds on and on. And uh, so I began working the program the way I, I was instructed. And, and a slogan that I've loved is um, surrendering doesn't mean giving up. It means being willing to cooperate. And I had to do that you know, cooperate with my higher power and all the fellows that went ahead of me to help me in this program. And I've been maintaining that 90 pound weight loss now for close to 32 years. So it's wonderful to hear the speakers. Thank you for your shares tonight. Thank you, Char. Uh, I'm, it's almost time to close, but I'm going to go ahead and 
uh, let Judy have a quick share. Hi, my name is Judy. I'm a compulsive overeater who is recovered for today. Um, I just want to ask a very quick question. Do we know, does anybody know what we as a sponsor do when we have a sponsee who comes to us and says, I've relapsed? What do we do then? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and close this meeting because it's time to close and there'll be uh, other things to do, but I'd be glad to stay and talk about that for a minute or two. So um, first, I want to uh, thank the two speakers, Shannon and Megan. Thank you to the uh, interpreters, Elizabeth and Louise. And thank you to all the service people. I, if I start naming them, I'll miss them. Uh, Wayne and Ellen and Barbara and Carmen and anybody else who did service. So uh, thank you all very much for, for uh, making this work. Also, we'd like to thank everybody who attended this workshop. We'll now close the meeting with a serenity prayer. I will say it in English. And, uh, and then maybe um, Megan could say it in French. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Megan? Okay, je vais essayer. Mon Dieu, donnez-moi la serenité d'accepter les choses que je peux pas que je peux pas changer, le courage d'accepter les choses que je peux, et la sagesse de connaître les différences. Okay. Does anyone want to uh, stay and talk about Judy's question? I will. Go ahead. And Beth, though, may I ask if there are any newcomers here that have not gotten um, the way to get into the rest of convention? I think everyone probably has by now. But if you haven't, if you could raise your hands, I'll meet you in a breakout room and make sure you get that material. And you can find raise hand in reactions um, or in, um, and also anyone that's returning to OA. You can find um, it in both reactions or in the participants list. So Wayne will take Tina and put her into a breakout room with you. Is that correct? Yep. Is there anyone else that doesn't have to raise hands? You can wave. Nan, okay. okay. Babe, can you find Nan B? Nan? Just pour vous dire que dans le, le, le salle Zoom, on va avoir un breakout room. On va faire une réunion francophone. Si vous voulez avoir une réunion de rétablissement francophone, euh, je vais partir une réunion pour, euh, pour, pour tous ceux qui parlent français. Donc, on se voit dans la salle Zoom breakout room français. Merci. I'm putting Tina and Claire in uh, breakout room one. Okay. A welcome, uh, welcome room one. Okay. Um, so this Eliz Elizabeth W, uh, do you need to uh, to go into an English speaking or French speaking breakout room? Elizabeth W. So you, you need to, the question is, how do you get to a breakout room? Oh, English, oh. sorry, yeah. Okay, 
So can you put her in with Claire, Wayne? Yeah. Sure. I'm, yep. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I actually came back because I saw other people waving their hands. Um, Nan ha asked to come in. And I think there is another Tina was there was someone else that wanted to come in. Maybe if you want to come in, you don't, you don't know how to wave your hand. You can wave at me right now. Okay. If there's someone Wait, else that wants. Was that Elizabeth L, uh, L, W? Elizabeth, Elizabeth W. And there was somebody else. Someone else was waving at me. Wave at Nan, me. Nan B had earlier waved. Yep. And Jeanette G. Jeanette G. If you did not get it, you're, you can unmute maybe and just tell me if you hadn't gotten it. We want to get you to be able to get into the rest of the convention. Okay, I think now we have everyone. I thank you. I didn't mean to disturb everything. I appreciate it. Thank you, Claire. Yeah, we are in the newcomers welcome room. So, um, so Megan, you were going to answer the question. Excuse me. Uh, how do we get to the breakout room? Because I see in the, the chat that they're uh, asking to go and me, I, I try to, to go where, okay. with Kim and... Who wants to go? Hélène, c'est dans la salle Zoom. Va dans ton programme, dans la salle Zoom. On va faire une breakout room dans la salle Zoom, OK? OK, merci. Thank you. OK, so French speaking are going to go to the Zoom room for a breakout. French, yeah, who, who, which ones? Can they do it yourselves? Can you guys go yourself? Or you want they're going to they're gonna go to the different room, uh, oh, okay. the different uh, Zoom room. Okay. Okay. Megan, I hope that we get to hear from you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, and um, Judy, we can talk more uh, via email if you want. Um, I have a set of questions I use for sponsees when they've relapsed. It's like a mini, uh, it's like a mini step one, really. It talks, the questions are, if I remember correctly, like what was going on externally and internally prior to your relapse? What were you feeling? Um, what happened? Uh, I think there's a question about what could you have done instead and were you relying on your higher power? So it's it's really like asking the sponsee to examine what happened and maybe if there were the signs of the relapse coming beforehand. Um, and then we talk about like getting back into the steps. And um, so my story is maybe not super typical because I got abstinent while I was working my step four. I've gone through the steps again, but the way I work with sponsees who are relapsing is we like we go through the steps. Um, and, and we talk about how many meetings they can get to, uh, when I was relapsing, I was going to five or six meetings a week. Um, it's not feasible for everyone, but, uh, we talk about going to any links. Does anybody else, uh, want to respond to Judy's question? I just, I just say something. Wayne? Yes, my name is Wayne Griffin, Post Food and Food Addict. There's a lot of really good information about relapse and recovery and coming back uh, at, at OA.org also. Also, if you go to oahelps.org, there's a, a, a relapse uh, video on there. It's, it's only about eight or 10 minutes long, but it's very good also. You're muted, Judy. Looks like you're talking, but. Uh, where do you get that video again? That's oahelps.org and just add, you know look for it we'll, beyond there. we'll put it in the chat okay, yep. can you okay, do that wayne you. 
Yeah, I'll do it right now. That's great. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I wanted to say one thing to Judy is that I also have relapse in, in my uh, story. And uh, when my sponsor, my sponsor, I don't know, you know, maybe felt frustrated with me or something like that. So she told me that she went to, she had told me to go to this, uh, to an AA meeting where they worked the steps so that I could see how the steps were worked by those people. And, um, and so then she told me she was, you know, worried about me and, and concerned. And she said, so I went to the AA meeting and I asked Eddie, and I'm like, oh, no, not Eddie. I mean, Eddie was the biggest, meanest, baddest AA guy. I mean, he if you hadn't worked the step, you didn't talk in that meeting because Eddie would just bang his gavel. And I thought, oh, no, what did Eddie tell her to do? Because she said, what should I do with a person like Beth? And um, And he said, love her. That was Eddie's answer. Uh-huh. The biggest, meanest, baddest guy. So... I mean, I do think the loving thing to do is to help people work the steps and to get their recovery back, which is through the steps. But I, I personally am not a person that, that fires people or that I don't want to shame people and I don't reject them because they can't stop eating because I actually can't stop eating myself without the gift of abstinence from this program. So. That's my response. That was a great response. Thank you. Thanks. Excuse me. Excuse me for a second. Beth, uh, there's somebody asking to go into the French room, which uh, that's someplace else. They went to the Zoom room. Okay. The Zoom room, which is the middle room on the clickable links. They are in the Zoom room. Okay. Okay. Did you hear that, Micah? Omega? Does, Does anybody have a question about... That um, Marietta, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce the name correctly. Okay, so everybody, the the next event tonight is at 7:45 in the Zoom room, um, which is the middle on your sheet, the middle room on your sheet. There will be special focus meetings by whoever wants to start a special focus meeting. I know one of them is going to be in French. They've got a special focus Zoom room for French speakers. And that's the only one I've heard about. But they, you know, if men want to get together and have a special focus men's meeting, uh, LGBTQ, uh, Black, Indigenous, uh, people of color, uh, 100 pounders, uh, there, we have atheist agnostic. We have a number of, of special focuses in OA. Thank you. Thank you, Beth, for moderating. Thank you, Beth. Uh, Thank you all. Thank you for your sharing. Elizabeth, did you get your questions answered? Elizabeth W. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Thank you so much. Okay, good. Jump over here, see if there's something in the other room. Okay, good night, everybody. Good night, Megan. Good night. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. You Thank you for your speaking. Thank you.
Beth, I'm going to I'm going to give a uh, turn host back over to you. Uh, no, uh, Claire Claire's around here too, someplace, isn't she? She's in the other room. Uh, I'll wait for her to come. I'll wait for her to come back and give it to her. Oh, if if she's going to come back, I okay. But I thought we were pretty much closing down. But go go ahead and give it to me. Okay, I'm happy to hang out because I know she's going to. I know she'll be back. Okay. Uh, where am I going here? I'm, I'm in another world here again. <laughs> Thanks. You did a great job, Wayne. Oh, thank you. You did awesome. Oh, everybody did, really. Yeah, but you did Margaret. your job well. Oh, thank you. Margaret, I mean, we all had different your... jobs. Yeah. So we, I kept monitoring the chat, but there wasn't much to worry about there because our chat monitor didn't show up. So, but that was oh. okay. No big deal. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I was saying, I was watching it, so. <laughs> Okay, you should be okay. host now. I am host. I have control. Huh? It says I'm host, and it still says. Just, oh, it says you're host as part of your name. I see. Oh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> I, I tricked myself that. with that. <laughs> let me change my. Let me get that rid of that right now before I even move. <laughs> okay, so D, you have your hand up. Do you have a question? Hi. Yes, and thank everyone for their service. Um, I just saw on the schedule that there are like special discussion breakout rooms and I, I try going in, I joined breakout room too, and there was no one else in there. Okay. I'm so it's, wondering. it's not, okay. It's not in this room. This is the welcome center room. So like on the columns, the tracks of the schedule, it is in the zoom room, right? So it's in the middle track. I mean, it's in okay. this room. So if you click either on the, on the name, gotcha. or if you click on the middle thing, you'll be in the Zoom room, and that's where they will have the um, the breakout rooms. Okay, thanks for that answer. Yeah. For yeah. Okay. We'll come back if you can't find it. Okay. Uh, okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, Wayne. Bye, bye. Jeanette, Jeanette, did you have a question? I see you came back. No, you're muted. I see your mouth moving, but. Okay. Yeah, I did find um, the, uh, <laughs> I found that those rooms and I was able to talk to one of the gals, but I'll ask you guys quickly. What is, I know abstinence is defined how it's defined. Okay. But I keep thinking in my head, what are you, what is your interpretation of that? Abstinence is not just refraining from the behaviors and compulsive overeating, and one of the gals said that it actually the the abstinence or the or the not overeating whatever is step zero, she said. And then from there, all else follows and you go and you get to change to to, to everything changes. And I that was able to identify with that a lot yeah. more. Mm. Yeah. You're changing the steps, you know, but the thing is, is that some people get abstinent by working the steps and some people get abstinent before they work the steps. So. Oh, I it, can't. Yeah, no, well, I got it. Yeah. So then you're, you're one kind and not the other. That's okay. Right. Right. That doesn't I, make the other ones wrong. No, no. I thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that helped. That's a good thing. 